All right. As I, I am definitely excited for our class today. So let's begin with a prayer. Grateful and thankful to join together in the love of God as the love of God. Grateful and thankful to come together for the purpose of healing at all levels. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to recognize that the I am presence of us, the higher self of us, the guardian angel of us, the heavenly body of us is united with each one, all one, only one. So we gather together to remember our unity and this is a healing balm to all. We are grateful to gather together to remember our oneness with each other and with all life, with spirit itself, that we are the hand of God, the heart of God, the mind of God. And we are grateful and thankful to recognize that the power of God is in our awareness. And we are employing it to bring forth more peace, more love, more joy, more prosperity, more harmony, more freedom, fully realizing our true identity. We are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds and to say yes to the wholeness. We share the benefits with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 <sighs> Yes. Hmm. So uh, I'd like to start off with a uh, sharing with you. I shared this with the spiritual counselors yesterday, and I am so happy to share it with you as well. Um, a uh, testimonial, and if you all are listening to the um, the uh, year one class, you would have heard Stephanie uh, Sachs talking about this uh, with me the other day. Now where did that email go? Goodness gracious. Um, Let's see here. There it is. Oh, no, where did you go? I, sometimes I don't understand my email system. All right, there it is. So, because uh, this is very valuable to us in our topic of healing. Uh, so just before I uh, read you her email to me, uh, just the headlines are that she had a very uh, discomforting, very bothersome, uh, let me just turn this off, challenge, physical challenge that was um, really uh, painful. It's a problem. She had it for 20 years. And she had a miraculous healing that she experienced during her activation session. 
And so she tells us in her email about the, her experience with the illness and her experience in the activation session that she had at the beginning of the year and how she's doing now. So this is in line with our topic on healing here. So Stephanie writes, and I share this because it's already been shared with you in a sense. Well, she, she gave it to me to publicly share with people. So, uh, but you can hear her talk about it also in the year one class from this week on, um, forgiving other people. So she says, for over 20 years, I have suffered through bouts of reflux disorder, which is a stomach issue. And she said, this started when I was 29 and doctors wanted to put me on Prilosec, but I rejected this method because I did not see it as a solution. My mother has been on these type of drugs for over 30 years and it never healed her pain, only modified it on one level. Over the years, I've tried many remedies, dietary, breathing techniques, exercises, massages, intuitive healers, etc. All helped to varying degrees, but as I got older, there were shorter periods of calm between the bouts. Currently, I've been working with a massage therapist that massages my organs and kept trying to put my stomach away from my lungs and move it towards its proper spot. In late January, I had my activation session with Connie. At the time, I was going through a painful bout and also had a rib out that was causing me pain in every breath. During the activation session, I started to feel immediate relief. And by the end of the session, my solar plexus had opened. My stomach dropped to its ideal place. The rib completely healed. Since then, almost four months, I have not had a bout of reflux. So literally her stomach shifted its position. The rib that was out of place, it shifted healing in both things. So she says, it is as I imagined in the activation session. So she, in the activation session, the challenge that she addressed was this reflux disorder. She says, the feeling of calm, and the space in my mind that is now spent with spirit rather than in pain. It is truly glorious and miraculous. You can imagine after 20 years, right? Even my massage therapist was amazed how far my stomach dropped and has stayed in its ideal place. Over the first two months, whenever the anxiety started to be felt in my stomach and the fear of reflux would enter my head, I would listen to the activation session again. I probably listened to it six or seven times over those two months. It would immediately bring me back to the calm, secure feeling. This also let me truly understand on a learning level, not just an intellectual level, that pain and illness is a thought process that can be healed. 
I'm truly grateful and thankful to Jennifer for creating these activation sessions and the structure to understand and transform. I'm grateful and thankful to Connie for learning these techniques and sharing them for a miraculous healing. Blessings to everyone. So I... I shared that in the spiritual counseling class yesterday with the group and uh, Connie being in that group because she's uh, one of the people in the certification program. And uh, when I was talking about it with them, I said, so let's be clear here. All healing is at the level, level of the mind. And then once the healing takes place at the level of the mind, it ripples out into form, and form is our emotional body, form is our physical body, and our energy bodies. So she had a healing at the level of the mind that occurred for her during this session. So I downloaded the format of that activation session from Spirit. And uh, it came because I continuously ask spirit, and I really do, how can I be more helpful? How can I be more supportive? What can be done to support people in their healing? I'm asking this question all the time, which is why I'm, I'm constantly in this creation process of adding new things, and expanding the program, uh, you know, expanding it this way, this way, this way, all the ways, because I'm consistently asking spirit, what can we do? What can we do? And just as an aside, uh, many times the staff will say, we really can't do any more new things. And I said, well, I understand that. And let's just see if we can move ahead anyway. <laughs> Because I feel like, why would spirit give me things I can't do or that can't be implemented? It doesn't make sense to me. And I'm, I'm, uh, my faith will, uh, guide me. So, uh, so I downloaded that whole, uh, activation session template and, uh, I gave it to, um, People on the team who then trained all the, the spiritual counselors in the program to offer the activation sessions. And Connie is a wonderful woman who is, uh, very, uh, good at what she does and, uh, which I, I would say that she's not unique in that. Uh, and still she is good at what she does. And so what, what really, but I did not bring Stephanie a healing. I played my role, but I am not, I, it would be ludicrous or it would be hubris for me to take credit for Stephanie's healing. I couldn't possibly take credit for her healing and neither can Connie. However, we can say that we played our part. What is responsible for Stephanie's healing is her willingness. That's what is 
the thing that made her healing possible was her willingness. So she, she brought it and she partnered with Connie. And this is one of the things that I found is that when we partner with others, and you know this from your prayer partnerships and from our classes, that when we partner with others and we have the same goal and we are willing to hold in mind together that there is no obstacle, there is no problem, there is no um, possibility of failure, then we can experience what seems like a miracle. Now, uh, I say seems like a miracle because many people are uh, unclear about miracles. And I uh, did a radio show, ooh, it might be two years ago now, about being miracle-minded. might have been last year. I, I lose track of that. I can look it up. So um, A Course in Miracles tells us that a miracle is when we give up, and these are my, my paraphrasing of it, when we abandon or give up or disconnect from or detach from the ego thought system and we uh, uh, move back into or allow ourselves to think the thoughts we think with God. We think thoughts that are true. Then we move into uh, the miracle zone. So miracles are natural because it's natural for us to think the thoughts of God. It's unnatural for us to think the thoughts of the ego. Of course, miracles tells us very clearly that we have worked very, very hard to come up with this whole ego thought system and to convince ourselves that it is true, even though it's so completely not true. We've really put our back into it, and, and we've become quite successful. So we've become so successful at deluding ourselves, which is unnatural. Just think how successful we can be at letting it go and remembering our natural miracle-mindedness. So this is what we're doing together. And uh, when we let go of the ego thought system or when we just give it away to the Holy Spirit and say, just take it, take it, take it, I'm done with it, don't need it anymore, then we start to realize that we're entitled to miracles, that it's natural for us to live a miraculous life, and that it's joyful to live a miraculous life, and when we start thinking those thoughts with God, which is the the thoughts of God, then that's the miracle. And then how it translates into form or how it manifests in form, that's not the miracle. So of course, America is very clear that, for instance, Stephanie's healing of her physical issues was not the miracle. The miracle was her willingness to change her mind and her actual shifting from her uh, mind awareness. And as I recall, she told me that in her experience, when Connie was asking her to imagine what would it be like to have healed the physical issues 
six months before and to be six months without the issue. And that to me, when I was uh, receiving the download of the session, that to me was one of the most critical parts of it because that feeling, like it's one thing for someone to feel, what does it feel like that I no longer have the problem? Like let's say I have a problem that um, I can't pay my bills or I have a problem that um, I have acid reflux or whatever it is that she's talking about there. Um, that, and I say, okay, it's gone now. I've got a terrible, terrible splitting headache. It's gone now. Um, but actually, it's better to think of a chronic thing. And it's gone now. It's one thing to think, okay, it stopped, but it's a very different thing to think of what would my life be like now if that chronic problem was healed six months ago and I have not been managing and coping with it for six months. Now how do I feel? That's a very different feeling from it just stopped now. Very, and then one year from now, no problem. The problem has not recurred. Because this is one of the things that I see that's really critical in healing is um, a lot of times people are looking over their shoulder waiting for it to come back. And um, I, I had, it, there was a wonderful woman uh, who, uh, there is a wonderful woman, her name is Chris Bledy. And she wrote a book that she interviewed me for about um, healing ovarian cancer because she had healed ovarian cancer two times. Now, I'm going to put that in perspective for you. Um, many people who uh, have ovarian cancer, it's often detected uh, at a point when it's too late for them to survive it. Very common. Very, very common. And so um, she had had two bouts of ovarian cancer. I asked her uh, long after she wrote her book, maybe eight years, ten years after she, I can't remember now, many years after she wrote, a handful of years, let's say, after she wrote her book, um, Because she had the first bout of cancer, and then a couple of years later, she had a recurrence. I said, Chris, do you know anyone? Because she's very involved in the Ovarian Cancer Society in um, California, state of California. I think now she's the head of it. But anyway, um, I said, you've known so many people who've had ovarian cancer, do you know any other person besides yourself who had a recurrence of ovarian cancer that survived it? And nobody had ever asked her that question before, and she thought about it. She said, I don't. I, I am the only one I know of. So, uh, and she, she wrote a book uh, right after she healed the second occurrence. She wrote a book about how she did it. 
And she did it at the level of the mind. But she also did many physical things as well. But it's really about healing at the level of the mind. And so she was in the first year of Masterful Living that I ever did, 2009. She was in that group. And, um, and then she was in the first Ascension Pathway that I did. Uh, which I did in my home with a few people in LA who had been in Masterful Living. And, uh, when she was in Ascension Pathway, so this was in 2010, she, uh, she told us that one of the goals that she had was that she wanted to manifest in form, because I'm, I'm big on uh, having people have the goals that they'd like to manifest in form so that we can prove God. So, I uh, I recall that she told us, she said, here's my goal. She said, I, I've been cancer-free now for seven years. And maybe it was coming up on eight years, something like that. It was more than seven years she had been cancer-free. And she said, and I still have this port in my shoulder, you know, where they um, they – when you have a chemo and different things like that, they'll put this plastic tube in your body so that they can put things in there, drugs in there. So they're not always having to poke needles in you. They put a port in your body. And um, she said, you know, I have to go every six weeks to have it cleaned out. And I'm tired of doing that. I'd like to have it removed. And uh, I know I'm never going to need it again, so I don't I don't want to have it anymore. And uh, the insurance company is telling me they won't pay to take it out because they do not believe that I will not need it again. And they would rather pay every six weeks for me to have it cleaned out, you know, like nine times a year for it to be cleaned out than to have it surgically removed uh, because they think they just have to put another one in again someday. So I said, I know I'm never going to need it. So I, 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 my manifestation and my goal is that I'd like to have the insurance company agree with me that I'm never going to need it again. And, um, and during the course of the year, they did decide to take it out. Uh, and she brought it to us back and we celebrated. So, um, In our considering miraculous healing, willingness we know is key. Faith we know is key. It's also so valuable for us to really be aware of uh, what are the things that we're avoiding by not living our best life, right? So what are we avoiding? For me, I, I can honestly say that for many years, I was avoiding being successful because I did not feel worthy, but I also was afraid that I could do something that would be detrimental to people. I didn't know what it was. It was a holdover, I believe, from lifetimes 
where I was a um, leader in the church, the probably the Catholic church, and I did things that were betrayals of my vows and that actually hurt people and stole from people and things like that, or supporting church leadership who were doing things that were uh, not honorable and uh, being caught up in that and different things like that. So um, I had this, this belief that it was possible that I could, if I were in a position of influencing people, that I might do things that would be uh, out of integrity or hurt them. And so I was playing small in order to avoid that consequence. Uh, when I was younger, when I was a child, I would be mean and cruel to other children, to my little brother. And I really have come to see that this was a, a pattern of um, acting out and anger and all of this that was a real issue in my life. I would say things that were mean and cruel to people when I was, oh, probably until I was in my early 30s. I would still do that, say things that were mean and hurtful to people when I felt threatened. Uh, you could say it was my Scorpio nature. doesn't matter to me. It was just a pattern in my mind. And now I'm clear. I'm not going to do anything to hurt anyone. I'm not. You know, I might snap at somebody, might be a little sarcastic, uh, something like that. But I am not going to actively, intentionally say things that are cruel and hurtful. And I am not going to do things that are um out of integrity and taking advantage of people. I, I just, I'm not going to do those things. They, uh, my, my energy bodies would just be like a, be like a force field. I, I can't go any further. I can't, even if I wanted to, I think it would stop uh, me, but um, which is a good thing to be aware of. And um, so I don't have that fear anymore. And part of the way that uh, I dissolved that fear and how I ended the playing small, which tortured me for years, um, knowing that I had this potential that I was afraid to uh, realize. Uh, how I stopped limiting myself was I had the realization through my studies of the teachings of Jesus, I had the realization of what he meant when he said, what he meant for me, when he said, if I be lifted up, I draw all unto me. And so uh, you may have heard me say that uh, at the time I was in ministerial school and I was thinking, how am I ever going to be a successful minister? How am I ever going to have a ministry that would bring benefit and could actually support me? How will that ever happen? I don't know. And uh, I heard as if for the first time, uh, if I be lifted up, I draw all unto me. And I realized in that moment, that's the way. So I that's when I decided to be all in. All in for lifting myself up by letting go of everything that was weighing me down. 
And so realizing that our natural state is pure light, let's just give up everything that's not pure light, everything that feels false, everything that feels like uh, it's perpetuating the ego, the cravings, the aversions, etc. And so I really focused my attention on that, which I had already been extremely focused on uh, eliminating ego attachments uh, for a number of years. Uh, I really, I started focusing on that in 1997, really strongly on releasing attachments and releasing all unloving choices and behaviors through my uh, personal practice of nonviolence, which to me is a personal practice of being loving and compassionate. So I was teaching that practice, active practice of nonviolence, which is an active practice of loving and um, compassion. And so when I started studying A Course of Miracles in 2006, I just, it made so much sense to me because of all the work that I had been doing. And uh, so then I started to forgive everything. I realized, oh, forgiveness is the thing. Forgiveness is the thing. So I started to look for every judgment that I had from the past and uh, every interpretation, every meaning that I had and give them to the Holy Spirit many, many, many times a day, just giving them away, giving them away. And I experienced the complete transformation of my mind and I began to feel peaceful and harmonious and happy most of the time. And that was miraculous to me. I had the miraculous healing with my relationship with my mother, my relationship with my father, uh, definitely with my brother, all over the place. Just miraculous healing happening all over the place through that active practice of forgiveness, love, compassion. So... And what made it all possible was not just my willingness, but my desire, my desire for it. And uh, Venerable and I have had conversations. Uh, I've really stopped talking with her about it because we just, I won't say we agree to disagree. I just stopped talking with her about it because the Buddhists really believe that desire is the cause of all suffering. But in the teachings of the Ascended Masters who aren't Buddha, um, they talk about having a desire for your uh, connection with spirit is a very important part of the alchemical uh, healing experience. So Jesus talked about, wilt thou be made Whole. Will you allow yourself to recognize your wholeness again? And uh, it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. And um, so I am getting a signal to pause there. I'd like to see what questions people have or comments people have. And uh, let's see where we are. Any thoughts or questions? Any comments? Rosalind? 
Yes, um, I'm thinking of your last um, uh, expression about uh, desire, and I've been noticing that desire and willingness are, for me, connected. Um, I, I, a, a little bit hard for me to separate out. Um, just very recently, the angels were talking to me about when you say to us later, like they tell me something and I could go write it down right now, and I say, I will in a few minutes, I'm, I'm busy. They, they said to me, when you do that, you, you, at that moment you're unwilling and we'll just wait. But my desire to be open-hearted and to really learn everything they have to teach me is stronger than whatever that resistance was at that moment. So when I hear myself say later, I quickly change my mind and come back because I recognize where that later is going to bring me. So I see them as connected. I don't see them quite as so separate. I'm interested in what you have to say about that. Yeah, I think that's a a really good point. So uh, many people are willing to let go of their problems Mm-hmm. but they don't have a desire to express their magnificence. Mm. They may not even have a real willingness to express their magnificence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say, to me, it's very helpful to think of, and I, I've looked for any kind, you know, I love etymology, and uh, which is these, the study of where words come from and how they evolve. And uh, in the etymology of the word desire, it's there's nothing that says what I feel, which is desire. It's of the father, desire, like in mm-hmm. maybe Latin or French or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but that's what it feels like to me. It's of the father. When I'm saying desire, I'm not thinking wanting, needing, or craving. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking purely of the yeah what I say, the deep desire of the heart. Mm. But it's not how, how everybody else mm. needs it. Mm. So, um, that's true. Uh, uh, that it's the crazy, that's, that's the other interpretation. Yeah. Like, I want that. I want that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and some people might use the word passion. Oh, the birds are so nice. Um, some people might use the word passion. But uh, that, to me, is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. To me, a desire is a, um, it's a burning, uh, it's, a, it's a real, I, I just, it's a real, I am moving in that direction, I'm interested in that, I'm very, very keen on it, uh, I am intent on it. Um, it's extremely important to me. My heart is there, uh, uh, desiring it. And so having a passion for something is so different to me. I mean, I, I have a passion for God and the teachings of truth. There's no question of that. Um, but I have a desire to know God, which is different than a passion for knowing God. It doesn't, it's wow. that, so um 
desire is just the best word I know. And spirit taught me by giving me that deep desire of the heart exercise. And I can't tell you how much I healed myself doing the deep desire of the heart. I really completely recalibrated my energy bodies using the deep desire of the heart. I would, many days, I would do it two hours a day. I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And I would say the same things over and over and over again. And, uh, and day after day after day after day after day, just filling notebooks, writing it down, writing it down. But, I recalibrated to the vibration of what I desired and I began to naturally magnetize it to me and manifest it in my life. So the deep desire of my heart was all around being a minister and being a, a student of truth. And it, it really, uh, my experience was that it was like, it was an alchemical vibrational shift and uh, in the Stop Playing Small retreat, uh, one of the things that I found myself talking about every day, which I don't usually talk about, uh, and um, Jenny knows because she was there, uh, I kept talking about vibrational shifts. And uh, just think of the vibration of someone who feels a great sense of lack and limitation versus the vibration of someone who's, who has the belief that the universe is supporting them in realizing their goals, their aspirations, their intentions, and that they're fully funded by God. And that they actually know that the only limitations that there are are the ones that they choose to agree to. But there, other than that, there are no limitations. But somebody who thinks that the limitations are real, very different vibration. Very different vibration. And when you're, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's part of what Hawkins is talking about. Yes. You know, when, when, you're, when you're dissatisfied and complaining, you, you wouldn't have a clue to the difference between joy and happiness. You wouldn't. Well, also remember when we used to disagree on uh, when I thought that psychologically um, people needed to go through the stages of wanting, and you had a problem with the word wanting because as a as a growth stage, is psychologists believe that you need to know what you want, but you but you like the word preferences and. Though I understood it in my mind at the time, now I get the vibrational difference mm. between preference and wanting. Mm -hmm. And I also get you don't have to go to that egoic place to get to the other place. I get that now. Yes. Yes, we can, we can, we can make a shift vibrationally, uh, which is in the world of form. But we don't have to um, walk there or crawl there or drive there. We can shift into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anand is raising his hand here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just on the same topic, uh, I 
came to this realization in the last couple months about this whole kind of like I used to want to feel very inspired in order to do things or feel like I, want, I needed to desire things in order to do things. And uh, it helps, you know, if you want to do something, it's always easier to, uh, to make a way to do it. There's some things in my life where I don't feel like doing them. Um, and so I used to kind of be like, well, I don't feel like doing it, so I won't do it or whatever. But I've come to realize now that that's kind of like a trick of my ego, mm -hmm. which is that, all right, there's various things that I don't derive pleasure from, but they're good for me. Like, you know, just like brushing your teeth, taking a shower, washing the dishes, doing the gardening, keeping the house clean, those kind of things. Exercise, diet, all that stuff, like just taking care of the body, for example, and, and your living space. So I came to the realization over time that I couldn't wait on inspiration any longer to do some things. Like, I don't have to feel inspired to do the things that I know I need to do. For example, I don't have to feel inspired to be clean in the restroom. I know that's a pretty crude example, but I don't have to be inspired to do it. It's just you, you, you do what you need to do. You, you, know, you do whatever, and then you wash your hands, and you leave. You don't have to inspire yourself to wash your hands. It's just something you do. They're like healthy habits. So I realize now that it helps me to kind of write down um, the things that I feel like I need to do that I'm not sort of necessarily getting on it, that I like they're in the back of my mind like, oh, yeah, I need to do this, but uh, I'll let it go. But I started writing it down like, okay, I want to do – I need to do this. I need to do this. need to do this. And then just deciding to do them and then doing them. And then that to me is like a – certain category of the will, it's just a will. It's like a decision. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I do it. And then there's no sort of like needing desire or needing intention. It is intention actually, but it's not a desire thing. It's just some part of me knows that this is needs to be done. And I will feel better later. I may not want to do it now, but it's not hard to do. I can do it. Before I used to have all kinds of obstacles like, you know, if I do this, blah, 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 I don't want to do this. All this kind of stuff came to my mind. Now I don't have that resistance. And it just makes my life a heck of a lot better to do the things that don't necessarily bring, bring pleasure, but clear the way to have space in my mind and in my life. So I'm really sort of going away from the idea in my mind that, hey, I need to have this desire to do something before I do it. Because now I can just say yes. Like if my parents ask, say, hey, you know, we need help with this, I'm just like, okay. And I may not want to. I may, my, my initial reaction would be like, no, I don't feel like it. But I'm like, no, I'll do it. And then that, that no resistance goes away. And then I'm able to, I just make a policy. Yeah, if somebody asks me, yeah, I'll do it. No hesitations. Yeah, I'll do it. And then I do it. And it just, I feel better. But if I might not have that inspiration beforehand, you know. So I just wanted to bring that up because I've been talking to people about it lately that, you know, being able to make a decision, even though you know that you don't necessarily desire it, but you kind of know that it's good for you, is really helpful to, to yourself and others. Anand, you desire to feel good though, right? You desire to have that higher vibration of getting along with your parents and having the house clean and having your wife have pleasure at the service that you do and 
So you do have desire, you just don't you're right. have you're right. No, it's not like a – but I, you're right. I mean, it's not like – I guess what I'm trying to say is that I can't wait on the the – I don't like go, oh, I feel like doing the dishes. I don't have a desire to do the dishes. I, I don't have it, a desire to mow the lawn. I don't have a desire to water the plants. I don't. I don't have a desire to do the laundry. But you're right. I have a desire – that my wife is happy while coming home and the, the, the garden is clean. I have a desire to be in at, at, at peace with myself in my mind. I've tasted this peace. Mm-hmm. I've tasted this bliss. Mm-hmm. And I know now that there are certain things that get in the way of that bliss and that peace. I think what you're saying is super important for all of us because, um, you know, there's the small and the big. And sometimes you don't feel like doing the small, but you know where the big is going to take you. Yeah, I know that I can get away from this place where I'm in, and I know what leads to that. And it's sort of like the same chaos is in our mind. If it's all around us, we kind of start buying into these ideas of ourselves. Well, oh, you know, I'm a dirty guy because I have a dirty house or whatever. It's easy to start believing these things, even though that's not necessarily true. But if I do have a clean mind, I do have a sort of, I do have a pure mind, clean mind, open space mind, peaceful mind, blissful mind, then. Yeah, if something pops in my mind, I do it. I take care of it, you know. There's no reason why I can't be peaceful and active at the same time, you know. It's, it's, I, I don't have to be. And part of, half of the reason for worrying, I would say even 90% of worrying, is just my own laziness, honestly. If I'm not lazy, I don't worry about anything. If I'm taking care of stuff, what am I worried about, you know? Nothing. Yeah, so it's... Uh... I completely understand exactly what you're saying on and uh, I too do not have a desire to brush my teeth, but I have a strong intention yeah. to live a harmonious and healthy life that is orderly and to be self-nurturing and self-nourishing and to have good self-care. Uh, I, I used to have lots of issues with self-medication and different things like that. And those are not my issues anymore because my strong aspiration and intention to love and nourish myself, that it does not occur to me. I mean, everybody uh, sometimes they go like, oh, I definitely have one too many cookies. But I wasn't uh, medicating with the cookies because of self-loving. And, so my um, desire is really to, my desire to attain enlightenment includes all these ways that I live my life that feel good. You know, I've really come to see that, and I wrote about this in my blog today, that uh, our feelings are, and you all know this because I talk about it so much, our feelings are critical they're like a Geiger counter. They're like, they are the thing, the tool that helps us. It's how we're designed. It's that divine alarm clock to help us recognize when we're in alignment with our divinity and when we're not. And so most of us, it takes a while for us to really get in the groove of honoring our feelings quickly, easily, without a big resistance and reluctance and things like that. And so, uh, 
the more we let go of low vibrational thoughts, the more we are disinterested in the unloving activities that keep our vibration low. Mm -hmm. And so we just keep rising and rising and rising on that spiral. And um, it, it is the overarching desire to know the truth, to set ourselves free that will have us doing the dishes and the laundry and the gardening. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, I do, I do know in the back of my mind that if, when I do these things, I'll actually enjoy doing them. I don't have any, yeah, I may not be like, Oh, I want to do it, but I know that I'll feel good even while I'm doing it. I enjoy these activities, but I guess the ego is like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the ego. But uh, hey, I gotta. I have to go take my wife to the dentist again this week, so I'm leaving you all. Uh, take care, blessings, Bye. love you guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. You all may recall, re recall <coughs> that last year I said that I realized that I didn't hate doing the dishes. Right. So for years I thought I hated doing the dishes. And then last year, uh, in, in the fall of 2016 and 2017, the winter of 2017, uh, I, living at my brother's house, I would, he would start making dinner at five, six o'clock or whatever it was. And I would go down into the kitchen and I would do the dishes that were there from breakfast and lunch so that there were less dishes to do after dinner and uh even though i wouldn't eat dinner with them a lot of the time because they eat too late for me they eat 7 38 o'clock i like to eat at five o'clock so um but i would go in and do the, all those dishes uh as a way of also just having some time with my brother and hanging out with him and in that process of doing that it occurred to me wow all my life that I can remember, I thought I hated doing the dishes, but I actually, I don't hate doing them. I don't mind doing them. And sometimes I actually like doing them. This is a revelation to me. And I realized that the reason I thought I hated doing it was because of how my father taught me to do them, where he would shame me if the pot was not clean or something like that. And so he would... Um, you know, there was just all that negativity mixed into it. Uh, and uh, it was such a revelation to me, really. Uh, and what else can I look at that I think I don't like doing? Maybe I, I don't mind doing it at all. And, uh, and so I've really found, certainly over the years, but um, that, that I've, I've learned now, I know from that dishwashing experience, that anything I think I hate doing I, I really can give up that thought. I don't need it. It's probably not true anyway. What I just need to be clear about is what is the reason that I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, so I used to think, well, I have to do the dishes. Just like Anand just said, I have to go take my wife. If he had stayed on the call, I would have said, and I'm saying it now because I, I know Anand will listen later, but, uh, he gets to take his wife. He doesn't have to. He gets to. And uh, a wonderful story that 
a, a friend of mine, her name is Chris Williams, and she and her wife, they, um, they adopted four girls who, uh, one by one, who were, um, they fostered to adopt them, and they all were um, born of drug-addicted parents. And so they took these babies in and and uh, raised them. And uh, they all, when they got them, they said, you know, this baby is going to have to go to the hospital at least once a month. They're so asthmatic. And they took them once and never took that child again. You know, it just uh, so much healing from the love of uh, the parents there. And anyway, so uh, Chris's daughters were all um, athletes. They all went on to be <laughs> incredible athletes. And um, so they would, uh, they would work out together. And one of the things they'd do is they'd run track together. So she took them to the track one Saturday morning. And, you know, they were kind of tired and whatnot. And so they're sitting there and uh, getting ready to, to putting their shoes on and whatnot and getting ready to go out on the track and run around the track and do their miles. And um, as they were getting ready, Chris was sitting there and she was watching. There was uh, someone in a wheelchair doing laps, you know, and, um, one of the her daughters said um, something like, "Well, we have to we have to go run now." And Chris said, "You don't. You get to. See that guy in the wheelchair? He can't run. You get to. You don't have to, but you get to. Go run." And I've always remembered that when I hear myself say. I have to do this now. I think, no, I get to, I get to. It's I like today, even I went to the, the grocery store and there was a woman with a walker and she was, you know, moving through the grocery store with her walker, getting her groceries. And, uh, when, and I see people like that whenever I'm out and about, as we all do, we see people who are physically challenged and struggling and, um, I'm so grateful for the health of my body and I bless every single person that I pass that is not as blessed in their body as I am. And I'm so grateful that I, I have the mobility to do what I need to do. And, uh, yeah. So does anybody have anything else they'd like to share? Cause I'd like to have us go into a breakout. Yeah, I was going to say um, a couple of the things that I've noticed, you know, that I think that it's really helpful to think of low vibrational choices and high vibrational choices. It's helped me, helped me a lot. And, you know, last week when you talked about enlightenment, it was so funny because coming home, I was, I was a bit disorientated last week. But um, when you talked about enlightenment, I was, I had just had such an aversion really quickly as well. It was just, and it was funny having come off the retreat. But also I feel like it's it's just something that is, you know, it's, I think when you talked about the desire piece, that really s struck a chord with me, I guess, because I was noticing, you know, I definitely have a willingness to let go of the blocks. But I feel like at the moment it's like, you know, moving toward, like looking at the enlightenment a little bit more, it was just more of a, it's not really... An, 
something that I've thought about claiming, even though it's what we're doing already. So it wasn't really, so I could shift myself into that just to claiming, to claiming it. But I feel like that's maybe where I get blocked is that kind of part of, you know, um, feeling that my magnificence, you know, this part. So that's, that was really, um, really helpful. And it, it kind of shows up when I'm reading the book because he talks about, you know, how powerful the mind is. And I was like, yeah, I would like to know this, you know, because I feel like I allow, you know, he's like, it's so powerful that we cannot allow a negative thought to go unchecked. And I, I feel like I fall asleep. Like, I feel like I kind of just throughout the day, you know, drift off. And um, I would really like to move into that space of knowing and respecting, I guess, how powerful our thoughts really are um, and I feel like the deep desire of the heart will help me to move kind of just where I am right now because I am moving and you know I'm open to to keep to keep going and I signed up for the certification program there's like yeah. Oh, yeah so like those things where I'm kind of going okay well even though the resistance things are there and I know that they're there I'm just going to keep on moving because sometimes I honestly feel like it's the, the stuff that is I can't remember how you were talking about it earlier. The full stuff. I just feel like I, it's so heavy. If I start to if I start to try and do it myself, and because it just feels like you know, huge stuff is falling off me all of the time, um, and it's a time of great healing, you know. So, I yeah, that was something that struck me from what he said. I was like, okay, really focusing again on the vibrational choices because it is. The level of the mind it is the level of the mind it's like i have to hear that a million times a day to keep remembering that's really where the healing happens not to be focusing on trying to improve you know or doing the yoga every day but that's not to it's not to improve my body it's 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 for the purpose of enlightenment you know that kind of that it's flexibility of my mind and that's yeah so i feel excited to feel more focused and I feel like that's something that's rippling across the power of ministry and that really strong intention of being you know a, a student of the truth I love that I haven't heard you say it like that before so um yeah yeah mm-hmm. beautiful really beautiful Jenny thank you mm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go into our breakout. So, what what uh, the invitation here to talk about in the breakout is going back to the beginning where I was sharing Stephanie's testimonial of her healing. Uh, so she remembered that she had the experience in the moment when she entered into that. Um, activation session with Connie was she was feeling pain and she was feeling discomfort that she had been feeling for 20 years and she was willing to envision her life without that pain and to choose to let it go that she was going to put her attention on that those were the things that were going on with her. Now, that really having the willingness is one thing. And as we were talking about earlier, 
The desire is another. So if you recall, and some people don't, what your activation session was about, or where you are with it now, some challenge that you are willing to heal this year, you'd like to heal this, heal this year, or maybe you have a strong intention around it, maybe you have a, a deep desire of your heart around it, something that you are, it's a challenge, and that you are looking at, you're, perhaps you're working on, what is that, and how do you really feel about it right now today? So looking at it in terms of your willingness, desire, aspiration, intention, resistance, reluctance. What is the challenge and where are you with it? So uh, you can also talk about uh, where you would like to go. So because it's one thing you have a challenge, like Stephanie had the challenge of the reflux. Um, but the challenge isn't... The, just the reflux, right? For in many situations, it's like, let's say with, uh, I, I had that challenge of self-medication. I could say the self-medication was the problem, but really to me, the self-medication was a symptom of my thinking. It was a symptom of my unloving, uh, my, my lack of love for myself. And my sense of hopelessness and helplessness. So just taking a deeper look at what's really going on with that challenge. As many times the challenge is a symptom, it represents something. It represents something to us. It helps, it gives us an opportunity to work on it on a physical, mental, emotional level. That's actually what the challenge is for. Any questions before we go to a breakout? Oh, hang on, Rosalind. Let's unmute you. Sorry. Uh, we're, going talk, we're going to talk about the challenge in those ways you just described. And then are we going to take ourselves to how we would feel if we um, were six months without the challenge? Are we going to those other places or not? No, not, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. Okay, so I'm going to unmute everyone. All right, so I always know it's a good breakout when nobody comes back early. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can feel it. Ooh. All right, so uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I'd love to have everybody to share their uh, headlines uh, with the group. Patricia, would you like to go first? Here, I'll see if I can unmute you. To discover, am I unmuted? Yes. To discover that the reason 
we have either a body issue or watching too much TV. That what is the underlining? Um, what is underlining that? You know, wh why are we having this, or why am I watching too much TV? What is the real reason? I think that's that's what I got. Yeah, that's great. And and do always to me there are two points on that. One is. We don't need to know in order to have a healing. Okay. We don't need information to have a healing. We don't need to analyze it to have a healing. However, oftentimes when we see the underlying issue, we'll start to address it more directly. Okay. So it can be helpful to us, but it's just not necessary. Yeah, beautiful. All right. How about you, Kareen? Well, it's funny you said that because I think for us, our group, we are actually seeing the underlying issues and also observing that we are walking our way up the ladder, so to speak, yes. to get getting out of it. That's, that's, what came, that's what came through. Okay, beautiful. Mm. Very good. All right. How about you, Jenny? Um. I kind of, I can, I'm not sure actually. <laughs> I can, my one was around, my activation session was around self-expression and I can feel a, a block and this came up with the retreat around speaking up that I either, I judge myself for speaking up or not speaking up. So this is what I was working around. So I suppose what I would like is this what we were kind of, I maybe I missed this part about affirmative statement is I would like to feel freedom in expressing myself. Um, Beautiful. All right, thank you. Lisa? Um, I, well, I guess one headline. I don't know what my he one headline would be, but one headline <laughs> would be that I'm still very willing to have a healing and to feel much, much better than I do. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what's underlying, you know, the long-term illness, 11 years. Um, but I can see the other side, and I'm willing to know the truth mm. and be who I really am. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's really important to me in, in understanding all of this part of our life experience is that, not having a healing does not mean we're doing something wrong. We don't know what anything is for except it is for our good. And um, I mean, for me, the issues that I've had in my life that I really struggled with, I've learned so much through them. Mm -hmm. And that now is so precious to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Could I have learned it in other ways? Yes. Could I have learned it in ways that were easier? Yes. Did I do it the wrong way? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Thank you. 
Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you look throughout history, some of the greatest mystics of all time had constant physical illness and challenge. And um, some of the people I know who are very wise and very um, loving and compassionate and uh, deep spiritual practice struggle with illness. I know a number of people in that. So I, I, to me, it's so important that we not think that we're having this issue because we're doing something wrong. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Thank you. Because health yeah. is inner, it health is inner peace, right? Yeah, it is. And, and, and it's, we just don't know what anything is for. Yeah. For our good. We claim it for our good. And I've learned to even be grateful for what I don't like because of whatever it's teaching me, even though I don't like learning it. You know? I can accept it even if I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Even you. if I wish it were different, I can accept that this is still for my good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Rosalind. My activation session was old news, so it's all taken care of. I can hardly remember it was me that talked about that stuff. So I picked um, something from today, which was that I had rosacea starting in my cheek. And as I started to think of the ways to treat that as though it was real, um, I went to what we're working on now and realized that the belief under there is that there's something wrong with me, just like it used to be my weight. Now it's rosacea. And so the the highlight was realizing I can choose again because I woke up ready to check how was the rosacea today. And it was like, no, I don't need to look at that. I am so fine. I am so acceptable. And I'm not interested in the rosacea. I am acceptable. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Healing is happening. Carla. I, as well, I don't know what my original activation session was, wasn't recorded. And so I, came up, I brought up what, what came up for me right now, and I realized this is what I realized, and I can feel it. How much this challenge, this physical challenge, is affecting all my decisions of what I can and can't do. And then I'm limiting myself. I'm using this seeming physical thing to limit myself and my choices in my life and my happiness. It's like so huge. So that's what I'm realizing right now. Mm. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I don't have to. I'm just going to get up to spirit and <laughs> and not worry about it. But I'm going to be grateful for the realization because I don't want to judge myself for the realization anymore. 
I'm grateful. Thanks. Thanks. Beautiful. All right. So let's pray on all of it. Oh. Rosalind, I can see your mouth moving there. Elizabeth's on the call. Oh, uh, she is in the class on the phone. Sure. Thank you. Elizabeth, let me unmute you. There we go. Thank you, Rosalind. Mm -hmm. uh, my underlying issue today was time. I'm feeling very pressed. And I, I love the answer uh, that you gave. I think it was uh, in the Monday night class, or it could have been uh, Monday a week ago. Um, if we are eternal beings, and so there's no shortage of time. How can there be? Exactly. And but I still feel um, I, I feel very squeezed today. Well, I can tell you that was such an intense pattern I had for years and years and years. And, and I really just started to tell myself, it's not possible for me to not have enough time. I have an infinite amount of time because I'm an eternal being. And so everything is perfect time-wise. And so I healed that thought in my mind. And then, truly, my life changed. And I, that helped me to see that I was the one who was putting these thoughts in my awareness. I was the one who was choosing the thoughts that made me feel as though I didn't have enough time. Yes. I, I know that I'm, I'm doing, and I'm, I'm tired of running now. So, um yeah, uh, there's plenty of time to get everything done uh, at a leisurely pace. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I'll do my best to remember it. You'll do your best to what? I said I will do my best to remember it every day, Jennifer. Yeah, it's a great healing, and it's such a uh, um, strong thought in the human race consciousness, especially yes. spiritual students. So you healing it and uh, my healing it, our healing it, makes a difference for everyone. I know that's true. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Jennifer. So let's pray. Let's pray. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the healing of our mind, to the healing of our life, and to sharing that healing with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful that this is our life. This is our destiny. This is our opportunity, and we are fully realizing our wholeness. We are grateful to be in this divine partnership with each other and with the Holy Spirit. So grateful that we don't have to figure out what the thoughts are or what the blockage is. We're giving it to spirit for healing now. We're opening ourselves to quantum healing. We're opening ourselves to be receptive to profound levels of support in the invisible, releasing all thoughts that aren't true. 
all attachments to the past, all craving, all fear, worry, and doubt. We are so grateful to claim a healing on an etheric level, on a spiritual level, on a mental level, on an emotional level, on a physical level, on a life level. We are grateful and thankful to claim our healing. We truly allow ourselves to be recalibrated to the highest vibration that we can possibly hold. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we share, share, share. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Wonderful. Yay, God. Love you. Happy Wednesday.